Welcome to another Network Alchemist production of The Networking Fools, with your networking fools and hosts, J.W. Nigerian and Bob Schechter, as they discuss business, finance, and lifestyle. Hello, everybody. This is J.W. Nigerian and Bob Schechter with The Networking Fool, and today we have Dr. Dana Thelma with us. She's a clinical uh, psychologist, speaker, and author, and co-founder of Strong Marriage Now. Dr. Dana Fillmore is a clinical psychologist with over 15 years' experience working with couples and families. Three out of four couples who have seen Dr. Fillmore report that they stay, they'll stay together after working with her. The average counseling uh, success rate is only one in four couples, which we'll definitely get into because this is, this is an astounding uh, um, statistic. Anyway, Dr. Fillmore is known for being clear, straightforward communicator. She knows what uh, works for couples and isn't afraid to tell it like it is. Welcome, Dr. Fillmore. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, we're really excited to have you. You know, we met, as you know, at the um, uh, women's conference that was uh, um, in Long Beach. Who, uh, who hands that? That's uh, Schwarzenegger's wife, but Maria Shriver's Maria uh, women's Shriver, conference. Yeah. Over 16,000 women. It was a great event, and you had a booth there. And I got to meet with you, and I was extremely astounded by the, the statistic that I just read, and that is three out of four couples who go to uh, a counselor break up, and you say that three out of four stay together when you speak to them. Um, that's incredible. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I think that we, as we touched on uh, in that conference as well, that there's lots of different reasons for that. There's lots of different reasons why three out of four couples uh, who go to a couple counselor uh, break up. Um, and, uh, you know, we can touch on that now if you'd like about some of those reasons. But um, in well, general, let's, let's, um, let's back up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody knows uh, so they've either been through a failed marriage, they know of somebody in their family or their friends that have uh, had a failed marriage, all these incredible um, marriages we see on TV, you know, Sandra Bullock, Jesse James, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette recently, and many others yep. are failing right and left. Um, why do we hear about so many failing right now? Um, well, in all honesty, actually, believe it or not, the numbers for failing marriages are uh, slightly lower than they have been in the past decade. Uh, marriages are, are looking up. Um, but the reason we hear about it in the media is because um, uh, um, everybody wants these marriages to be the fairy tale ending. We look up to these people as celebrities. Not entirely sure why, but we do. And and everybody they kind of uh, project themselves on, and they want these couples to make it. So when they when they fall apart, the media really plays that up, and people really watch, and they want to see what happened and why they failed, and they want to look at those uh, marriages and try and protect their own. So you know they're very sensationalized, and then I, I, you know I think the public is generally hopeful that these uh, that these celebrities that they like are, are, are going to work out. But then I also think that the media plays it a little bit uh, up more than it is because, as I mentioned, in general, actually, um, statistically, marriages are surviving better now in this decade than they were in the last two or three. Is that just a so. statistics issue, though? I mean, you used to say, and I don't know if this, this, this uh, statistic is correct, uh, you know, like over 50% of marriages would fail. But it could, and that now you're saying that that's a lower number. I don't know what that number is. But could that be just due, in fact, to maybe less couples getting married? Uh, that's a really good point. Um, interestingly enough, it was a statistic issue in the first place. That statistic was incorrect, was done incorrectly and quoted incorrectly when they said 50% of marriages were breaking up. That actually was uh, never that high of a number in the first place. Statistically, that was always off, and the way that they did the, the, the numbers didn't quite play out. 
Um, so, in essence, could you say that they've started doing the statistics correctly now? That's possible. Um, but also, uh, interestingly enough, uh, in, in uh, a tough economy, there tends to be less divorce, um, strangely, even though you would think that during, during the stress of the marriage would cause more divorce. Um, there's actually a, a, a de it decreases. And, um, and they're also stating that to some degree those numbers are down um, uh, because people are getting married later in life. Um, ah. They're waiting a little bit longer in their lives. So theoretically, they have a better understanding, one would hope, about who they should marry. Um, well, that's my case. I got married uh, at 38, my first marriage. Right. And, uh, it's, I never thought. Right, then you knew what you wanted and didn't want. Yeah. Well, you know that that was the plan, and actually, it's worked out. So maybe. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I think having such bad examples in front of them has made the the next generation a little bit more uh, careful about getting into a marriage, seeing all the failures. Yes before them. So that, that, right. that's right. And also I think this generation is, is slightly more um, uh, accepting of help. They're a bit more uh, ready to work on their marriages, whether that's to go to a counselor or read a self-help book or go to their local pastor or whatever. I think people are starting to be a little bit more receptive to the concept of actually doing some work and uh, maybe seeking some assistance. Absolutely. Get get over that stoic attitude that you don't talk about it until it's just way too late. And I think that's exactly. probably a big exactly. problem. Exactly. That's becoming more socially acceptable to actually work on it. Well, here's a, here's another thing, though, um, Dr. Fillmore. And I was going with my wife to counseling, and we decided to go not because we were having issues necessarily, but we we figured we could make our marriage stronger and communicate better if we just, if we got into some counseling. So we went. You are, yes. We went, and uh, we had to stop going because it actually got us, we got, we got in so many fights, and it almost broke our marriage up. Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. You know, I, uh, couples counseling is so different than individual counseling, um, and you really do kind of need to be, an, I want to say an expert, but it's, it's a definitely, it's a different it's a different form, and uh, and people can actually do a lot of damage if they attempt to do couples therapy with kind of the the same model that they do individual therapy or uh, or any you know really any other kind. And so, in general, that that does tend to be the case. However, I would argue that uh, with a good couples therapist and for someone who really knows what they're doing, going to uh, premarital counseling can can really strengthen your marriage because there's so many things that you could just get taken care of ahead of time. So many uh, lessons you can learn, so many rules that you can adapt for each other, and, and agreements you can make that will that will really uh, help um, with the, the next you know 50 years together. So if it's done well, it it can really strengthen the marriage. So communication issues. Do you have advice for people that have communication issues, or maybe do they even know in many cases if they have them? Um, that's a really good question. Oftentimes they don't know that they have them. I, I often have people tell me that they communicate very well. And what they really mean is that they uh, are very good at expressing themselves. They're very good, you know, they have their points of view and they have counterpoints and they have charts and graphs and they can explain a lot about, about what they think and feel. What most people are not very good at is listening. And most people do not know that that is a larger part of communication. Um, so uh, usually when, when people tell me um, that they're having communication issues, it turns out that they're having listening issues or actually trouble really hearing what the other person is saying. Yeah, that's huge. Mm -hmm. And well, that can very much be learned. 
but that would only work uh, at the beginning of a, of a marriage, I would assume, because after a while you, you, you actually um, some unconsciously start tuning each other out, whether you want to or not. Well, it, I mean, again, um, I think that there's certainly lots of bad patterns that can be developed over the years in a marriage. Um, I, I have to say, though, um, those can be undone at any point in the marriage. There's really not a time when it is too late, as it were, uh, you know, unless there's violence involved or, or, or substance abuse or something like that. But really, um, yes, it would be much better and easier when we save years of grief to get it uh, figured out at the beginning. But you can really figure it out, you know, 5, 10, even 20 years in. Wow. So um, yeah. those skills can still be learned. Dr. Fillmore did say, say uh, Bob, that uh, she knew how to get people who are well into being very ticked off at each other back to a better place. And I want to get into that, but I do want to ask you, do you have any advice for uh, couples that are having communication issues? Is, that, is, is, it just, is it really just listening or... Is that the big? Is that the big key? Well, I guess more importantly, it's, it's understanding that it's a learned skill. That it's not something that we sort of uh, know instinctively. Um, and uh, my advice would be to to educate themselves. You know, again, through whatever mediums um, they can find, and to you know whether that be through self help or with a therapist or you know reading a book or however that works to learn specifically how to uh, communicate. And by communicate, that means listening, understanding. Um, Giving appropriate feedback, uh, communicating in a you know in a kind—I mean, all of the things that that that, that entails—that um, they're just not going to all of a sudden just by virtue of being married somehow know how to communicate with each other. That they need to learn how to do that, and that it's different for different people. So they also need how to learn. They need to learn how their partner communicates because it may be very different than how they communicate. Are those the techniques you use to get them talking again, or to a better place? Uh, certainly, yes. Yeah, we certainly uh, work on communication as one of the the very first. Uh, issues that we tackle so that we can get to whatever it is upsetting them. Because if they can't communicate, if they can't listen, if they can't uh, uh, be receptive to the other person's pain and so on and so forth, then we're not really going to get anywhere. So, um, uh, yes, certainly we, we definitely um, uh, work on that first. Um, and then after that, we can get into what's kind of really going on and where is that pain coming from. And, you know, also one of the very first lessons that I teach uh, couples is that anger is uh, is a result or a, what we call a secondary emotion to to fear or pain. So mm -hmm. a lot of times we cover that in the in the communication section. If someone is angry, they're hurt or they're scared. And right. once you can kind of figure that out, you can communicate about what's really going on much easier than having a fight, which is kind of a waste of time. And how are you able to? I mean, I don't obviously I, I don't want to get into how you do your practice, but there has to be some some really. Fun, I mean, because let me just back up. You can give somebody the, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus tapes and say to them, here's the difference, now learn how to communicate. Or you can tell them that th there's this tie between the pain and pleasure. But most guys, I can't speak for the women, but I know most guys really believe that they do it all right. I mean, I read those books while I was going through my first and second divorces, and I really thought I had it done by the numbers. I was wonderful. How do you get somebody that's as pig-headed as myself to, to understand that they're wrong? Uh, well, in part, you know, it's interesting that you say that about most guys. I would argue that much of couples counseling and a lot of the self-help books out there and a lot of the CDs you can buy online and so forth, that a lot of um, them are, their answer to couples counseling is to turn men into women, or at least attempt to. Right. Um, and it, it doesn't it doesn't work 
you know, I mean, they don't, they're not particularly um, honoring uh, men and approaching men from the way that they communicate and deal with issues and being respectful of that and helping them work on their marriage and still remain men. They, you know, they try and make them very touchy-feely. They try and they try and do a lot of stuff that doesn't tend to work. So in large part, I would question what were the books you read. And then on top of that, um, uh, I do think that when you can kind of speak in that language and really understand and, again, show respect and, and, and not attempt to diminish them as men, they're far more likely to listen and far more willing to accept that there may be something for them to change. That's very interesting. It's funny. Uh, Bob yeah. and I were on the phone the other day, and I said, good news and bad news, um, Bob. Um, good news is I figured out women. The bad news is it didn't help. <laughs> uh, but you so are, my wife, uh, when we were on a, a trip recently, um, you know, when, when she asked me if I'm hungry, you know, this is the same old thing. This is, you know, cliche, actually. You know, when men are tired, they say they're tired. When men are sleepy, they say I'm sleepy, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm, that means I'm hungry. And my wife asked me um, while we were on a long trip uh, if I was hungry. And I said, no, I'm trying to get from point A to point B. I'm not hungry. I had answered the question. I'm thinking I'm making her happy. I answered the question that she asked, and I kept driving. But the question was not whether or not I was hungry or not. It was her telling me that she was hungry. Yes. Right. Yes. I I would argue on the (laughs) – well, but you figured that out. That's very impressive. And I would argue that the flip side of of what I just said about, you know, respecting men for men, the same thing goes for women. You know, they also get the bad. They're they're told you're too sensitive or you're too this or you're too, you know. So I don't think it's just one-sided where men get the bad rap and that they need to figure out women. I think we both need to figure out each other. And there's there's significant differences between most men and women. And, uh, and you know, we need to understand them really and then approach each other uh, with those in mind rather than expecting our partner to be just like us because, you know, they're opposite gender, so they're not going to be. Interesting. Well, you know, originally when we got together, um, I came up with a uh, topic for this, how to affair-proof your marriage, and uh, you guys also said, uh, you know, the three steps to, you know, having a better marriage or something. That effect. Mm-hmm. All of that, I think all that applies after I went over all your stuff. You have so much great information. And can a marriage be saved after it's impacted by an affair on either side? Yeah. Absolutely. Or must you affair-proof the marriage first? Well, it would be <laughs> nice to affair-proof the marriage first, wouldn't it, and avoid a lot of that pain and... And uh, and the the uphill battle it is to recover from that that would be uh, helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, yeah, so ideally one would want to affair-proof their marriage first so that they don't have to go through that. But if in fact that did not occur and the marriage got itself to a place where and I say that specifically the marriage each partner got the marriage to a place where it was in jeopardy and one person crossed the line, um, then yes that the marriage can get itself uh, uh, out of that as well. It takes both parties and it takes both parties admitting interestingly enough that they had. Mm, some contribution to uh, getting the marriage into a, into that state, um, and in fact, marriages, uh, if done correctly, can be stronger and and happier and more solid after they've done that work. So yes, marriage can absolutely be saved after it's gone through an affair. And you know, I, I um, can't pull the statistics completely off my head, but I think it's something like 50% of all marriages are uh, some way impacted by uh, extramarital affairs at some point in the, in the entire you know relationship that stay together for a really long time. So it's not very unusual either. Um, men and women in the bedroom. Uh, what's the uh-huh. uh, the most common misunderstanding in the bedroom? Is it, uh, w- is it whether you're pleasing the other person or whether you're getting pleased? Uh, what's what's going on there? 
um, the most common misunderstanding I actually call, uh, it's what I like to call Mother Nature's big joke, and that is that men feel connected by having sex, and a woman needs to feel connected in order to want to have sex. And ah. it's kind of a, so we tend to miss each other in a lot of ways. And both, both parties tend to misunderstand the other person and their motivations. So, unfortunately, I think, like I said earlier, men get a very bad rap about that. Men, you know, women really don't think very highly of men and their desire for sex. They don't realize that it is about connection for them, that it is right. about feeling loved and appreciated and, and, and all those things. And, and men don't understand where, where a woman needs to be uh, mentally and physically in order to be in that space because they don't necessarily need to be in the same space. So they tend to miss each other. There, there's two totally different paths to get to the same place. And you really have to understand the other person's path to help them get there. No, as a man, so I totally understand that, it. If, if a woman's willing to have sex with me, I feel that there's, <laughs> there's connection there. Exactly, that they're connected, that they love you, that they find you attractive, that all those things that you need. And interestingly enough, a woman has to feel all those things first before she's going to, and these are generalizations, by the way, there's exceptions to every rule, but in general, uh, most women need to feel that way first before they even can get in in that zone and feel like they might want to do that. So it's kind of a, a big misunderstanding. But we're so what, how do you bring couples to the middle? Yeah, we're hardwired to feel that way, uh, no pun intended. But so how, how do you, how do you, I mean, aside from telling people, you know, and, you know, whack at them across the back of the head and say, wake up, this is reality. I mean, how do you get people to internalize that so they start buying into it and changing a little bit? Because I, I know nobody's going to, you know, all of a sudden one day turn around and become a better person for it. Um, that only happens in the movies. So in real life, how do, you, how do you get somebody to just become better than they were, you know, kind of get closer to that middle ground? Well, I mean, Bob, don't don't underestimate the power of education. I mean, they, letting them know uh, this is how you this is how you will get what you want. This is how you will get where you want to go. This is far more likely to to help you end up in the destination of your dreams. Trust me, they will try the new uh, the new approach. I mean, if you it, just kind of letting them know a little bit about uh, about what they have been trying and why that didn't work, and then educating them about. Uh, this is what will work, um, really does make a difference. Again, I think that a lot of couple therapists, um, while there are fabulous couple therapists out there, there's also some that are just, I agree with you, they say things like, um, you just really need to cherish each other. And, you know, people think, well, what does that mean? Like, what? <laughs> like, it's so, you know, it's, it's too hard. It doesn't mean anything. Whereas if you give them practical steps and education and facts and information and, and skills that actually work, they do make great changes because if they just go home and try them, huge differences occur in their marriages and in their lives and in their sex lives. And it's quickly reinforced and they want to keep doing it. They will change actually rather quickly when you give them something that works. Is it is it sustainable? I mean, men, we are cretins. We'll we'll do and say anything to, to get sex. So at some point, you know, when that all that wears off, how long will that last? You know, I mean, that's always my my only concern about all the things that we do when we get educated and and we get enlightened is how long does that light bulb stay on? As long as it works. Oh. Okay. The light bulb will stay on. The, the behaviors will change. The the uh, everything. People do what works. So if doing a new behavior works, it gets you what you want. You will continue to do that behavior forever. If the behavior no longer works, then the, then the behavior drops off. So it kind of depends on on whether it's working in the relationship. Okay. 
Well, this is good information for men. I, I recall an instance where my wife said she needed to be nurtured morning, and I sat back and said, what? I mean, I rub your feet every night. You know, I make sure the dishes are done. You know, I take care of the house. I take care of the bills. I do this. I do that. And it's like, how much more nurturing do you need, for God's sakes? And right. I just didn't understand what she meant because I didn't ask. I thought that I, I went straight to, into my own head thinking, uh, let's see, let's add up all the strokes here, all the things I do, and why aren't I being appreciated? Uh, when I, I should have probably just asked her what she, what, what she meant. It's a common um, occurrence in, in marriages and in relationships in general where we see the other person's point of view through our eyes. So when she said, I need more nurturing, you, you went over your definition of nurturing, and you were meeting all the criteria of your definition of nurturing. So it was very confusing for you because, you know, you were seeing it through your own eyes, and you're right. And what we, what we failed to do is kind of figure out what that other person meant. What are they seeing? What are they needing? What is, how do they feel nurtured? Um, it's, you know, it's often different than our definition. But what Did about, you figure it out? Well, what, yeah, but what about, um, you know, I, I am what I am. You married me. You knew who I was. You know, did you expect me to change? I mean. Well, interestingly, Bob, you are what you are, but you didn't marry you. You married her. So <laughs> I, I get that you... <laughs> I get that you are who you are, but what you're talking about is how to get connected to, uh, be in love with, make love to her. So it doesn't really matter about, in this particular instance, uh, when, when you're coming from your perspective, what you know, who you are. In this perspective, it matters who she is. And, and for, I would say the exact same thing when she's trying to deal with you. She didn't marry her either. So you guys are, oftentimes couples are very much attempting to be married to themselves, and it doesn't work. That, you know, so I get what you're saying, but it's, yeah, it's not really applicable. Okay, so you, you have to get past the fact that who you think you are or were may, may not be the ideal person anyway, so uh, <laughs> change. Well I, 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 well, I would argue that you are perfectly exactly who you were supposed to be, but I agree with you in that you, you, know, you, you got into this and you knew who you married, uh, although actually I would argue with that too. Most people actually don't know who they're marrying, so they have to figure that out um, after that. And then... Um, and then Act accordingly. Uh, figure out who you married, what they need, what makes them happy, what you know, how they feel loved, all those things, how they feel nurtured, and and then and then you do that, and the other person should be doing that for you as well. You know, so this, and, brings, and up a, uh, this brings up an important point. I think an important point, uh, Dr. Fillmore, and that is when you get to the point in your relationship where you're looking at the other person and realizing what you just said. When you realize that you don't really care to please them. Is that a sign that maybe this is not where you should be? Uh, no. Okay. Um, interestingly enough, one of the, one of the most important uh, lessons that I, I teach and I, I tell people all the time is that it is incredibly normal and expected to fall in and out of love in a long-term marriage. Mm-hmm. We do not feel madly in love with these people. People who have been married for 50 years will tell you there's many times they did not feel in love with their partner. In fact, there's times they wanted to toss them out a window. Um, <laughs> And that is a normal cycle of monogamy. And so when when you are feeling like you don't necessarily want to make that person happy, when you're feeling you're not particularly in love with that person, is the exact time you need to make some changes. That's why you stood up in front of God and man and said, I promise, right? It's not for those times you feel madly in love. You promised for those times when you didn't want to be in it anymore. And so that's the time when you're feeling like that, that you're supposed to do whatever it takes, um, again, seek self-help or, or go see a counselor or 
sell your house or change your, whatever it is you need to do to get back in touch and in love with that person. So that's a, that's a common misunderstanding in marriages is they're just say, I don't feel it anymore, and they assume they can't get it back, and they're not right. You can absolutely fall back in love with your partner. Yeah, I, that, that happened, again, and that, bringing me back to my own relationship, I've only been married once, I only got one to pull from. I think, I think Bob's been married a few more times, so he, he has all kinds of examples <laughs> to pull from. So I remember when I first got married, eight months into our marriage, I think my wife decided that she had made a big mistake. Mm-hmm. And luckily, one of her girlfriends, a lovely woman, came to her and said, what, what you need to do is find out what you loved about him to begin with and focus on it. And my wife right. took the time to, to sit down, and at first I'm sure she couldn't figure out anything she liked about me, but by sitting down and focusing on, you know, finding one thing good about me and maybe expanding it to two, um, after a while she remembered and mm-hmm. came back. And that saved my, I think that really saved my marriage. Um, so I know that it can turn around, um, but you need the tools to be able to, uh, to be able to accomplish that. And luckily her girlfriend was very smart. Right. You need the tools and you need to um, own it. Um, one of the things, as you've probably guessed from this conversation, I tend to be a fairly straight-up kind of therapist, but mm-hmm. um, one of the um, a, a, a misunderstandings couples tell me all the time is they'll say, well, we just going to work out, or if it's going to work out. Speaking of their marriage, like it's the weather, and I think, what do you mean if it's going to work? Like, it's you. You want to, <laughs> you want to stay married? Work it out. Like, it's a choice. So, um, yes, I agree that you need the tools, but you also have to recognize you're in charge of them. You need to go take charge of that, of your marriage, and go get those tools and do whatever it takes. So they speak about their marriage like it's this nebulous thing around them that they have no control over. Uh, let, me, let me just say real quick, I, we also have Amy Barnhart on the phone, and she's your uh, um, CEO, is that correct? That's correct, yes. And I just wanted to, uh, she's, she's being very quiet in the background, but I uh, just wanted to let everybody know she was on the line. Because I, I want to take this moment to um, ask you and Amy, okay, we have some people who have listened to you, you've said some really great, you've given them some really golden nuggets, and they want to get a hold of you. How do they do that? Um, well, we have a website, as we mentioned, that's up. It's called uh, strongmarriagenow.com, and you can access that. Um, we do have um, some free videos that we offer right straight from the homepage. So if anybody's interested in, in seeing a sample of um, Dana's advice and how the product works, you can just um, give us your email, and we'll send you immediately a link to a video to watch online. And uh, it's, it's pretty straightforward. We do have um, you know, the videos there. We also offer e-books. Um, that are that are complement to the course that include exercises for you to do, um, and one of the first exercises that that's that's in the course is is one on reminiscing, which is you know back to what um, J W your your wife did when she went back and like why did I fall in love with him in the first place? Right. That's one of the first things that we suggest people do is get out some old photos and write down the things that you love about yourself and and the things that you know that you you care about just to kind of get yourself back in that mindset of connection. So. Everything is very practical, step-by-step. Either watch a video, do an exercise, and it only takes about 15 minutes a day to put the work in on your marriage to turn it around. Well, Amy, you brought up up the course. Um, Yeah. And I want to talk about that because this is another, you know, it's astounding enough that you guys, that uh, Dr. Fillmore has such great success. But she is now taking that to the the web or DVD. Um, I'm not sure, but she's taking it uh, online. So that you can yeah. uh, take courses in, in helping your marriage online, um, 
Could you tell me a little about that? Sure, sure. Um, it is um, all an online system currently. We don't actually, have, you don't have to ship anything. You don't have to wait for anything to arrive in the mail. It's um, everything is either a downloadable ebook or a video that you can watch online. And the course consists of um, 16 different videos. Um, each each of them are, are very to the point and succinct, so we didn't want to waste anybody's time. We want to give them very concrete, specific things that they can do that, that make a difference right away. Um, and uh, so, it's, and it's got topics including. Um, it starts out with spending time together, which Dana alluded to is one of the um, most important things that couples need to do. And then we've got a full chapter on understanding each other, one on resolving conflict. Um, a money issues actually cause about 70% of divorces, so we have a couple different chapters specifically on money issues. And then we've got a full chapter on sex and how to improve couples' sex lives. Ah, nice. So, um Something else I found, you know, not to overuse the word astounding, but it is. Uh, Dr. Fillmore said that uh, the course, if purchased and you're not happy with it, you get 110% of your money back. What's that about? Uh, well, um, given that, you know, Dr. Fillmore, you know, even though she's every bit as qualified as anybody that you would see on TV, is not necessarily a, a well-known name, we wanted to make sure that, we took away any doubt that, you know, we believe so strongly in the advice and how, how well it works that we're willing to basically pay you to try it. So if, you, if you're not satisfied, we'll give you 110% of your money back. That, that's an incredible So, lot. you know, we, we wanted to do that, you know, initially to get started and, you know, to take away any objection to purchase, basically. So we wanted to um, make it so that, you know, people would be real, willing to, take that step because it is very different. There's actually um, nobody else out there that's offering an online video course. Mm -hmm. Some of the competitive products are things like 15 audio CD program or, you know, a weekend seminar or, of course, counseling is an alternative, books, um, things like that. But there's um, nobody that's taken the same approach that we have. Uh, okay. So, Dr. Fillmore, let's say me and my wife or, or my wife and I are taking the course and we get stuck in an unalterable situation that is not so good. Uh, can your office help? Uh, yes, we do have uh, a couple different um, uh, options. Um, on our webpage, we have uh, various different packages that um, uh, include, some of them include two uh, uh, sessions with me, some of them include, uh, I think it's something like two, or Amy will have to help me out with this, but two half-hour sessions if they need that. And then also I'm available uh, through Skype and, uh, and just telephone conferences, and of course if you live in the San Diego area to come into my office uh, for individual therapy as well. You know, although I have to say, JW, we haven't, um, we really encourage people to go through the entire course um, before they make that choice, I'm certainly available and willing to um, to talk to people through that. But I must say, uh, oftentimes they get, you know, if they think they might be stuck by the second video, if they really in the fourth video, what they're stuck on gets covered. So um, we really do um, cover, I would argue, about 75% of what you would get in face-to-face -face individual counseling. Um, that would normally take you six months. We cover in just seven weeks, um, at, like we said, at 15 minutes a day. And so um, often I think uh, people find that while they think they might be stuck, if they just watched a little further and got a little bit more information, they tend to get unstuck. But if they don't, okay. they have access to me at any time. I think okay. they would. I, just, just, just on your home page and, and the few little videos that I've seen, you, you and obviously listening to you here, you, you have a very 
very straightforward, you know, it's an unabridged uh, method of just saying what you need to say. And I, I think people would, would read right into that, I, I, you know, as opposed to the very frilly, frou-frou, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and, yeah. if, you know, if you don't put a skirt on, you'll never know what she's like. And <laughs> right, which I find doesn't work as well. Yes, I, I, as I mentioned earlier, my... Uh, I don't want couples to be in therapy forever. I don't want them to have to use this course forever. I don't, you know, and I always say I'm not going to be standing in the kitchen refereeing the fight over who's going to feed the dog. So they need to learn these skills on, you know, so that they can do this on their own for the next 50 years. And I do tend to just say, uh, you know, you, this is this is what I recommend. You should probably do this and not do that. And um, and again, when you explain to people uh, steps that work. Um, you'd be amazed. They really do uh, want to try it. People don't want to be in pain, and they really do want to stay married and be happily married. So they do actually try these things um, much more than you would think. No, I think it's great. Well, let's, I, talk, I, let's talk yeah, about sure. this, um, Dr. Fillmore. Um, you, have, you, you, you claim that three out of four people that you see uh, stay married or do better in their relationships. Is it is it the education system? What is everybody else doing wrong? Why why are, uh, are most people that are going to counselors uh, three out of four failing? What's going on there? Um, well, again, um, I think that uh, there's a couple different reasons for that. Um, one uh, that they uh, they come to get therapy too late. Um, a lot of people um, unfortunately don't work on their marriage um, when they can still really make a huge difference. And so uh, I would argue just across the board that's why a lot of uh, couples end up breaking up. Um, Secondly, again, I, 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 I mean no disrespect to my profession. Um, uh, there are lots of great therapists out there, but in all honesty, there's lots of lousy therapists out there, and, um, and it's hard to tell the difference. Uh, you know, so I think sometimes people are just uh, are making a mistake in, in how they're uh, uh, treating these clients. And then thirdly, um, it's, couple counseling is a separate, um, uh, specific uh, approach that you really have to be an expert in because it is different than individual therapy. So a lot of times if you attempt to just say, well, I'm a counselor and therefore I can help you with your marriage, you can end up doing a lot of damage, um, unfortunately. And and then, you know, it, for instance, and this is one of the objections that people sometimes have to our product is they say, well, how can you help me if you're not face-to-face? And my argument is actually being face-to-face sometimes does a far worse damage to the relationship because the therapist tends to put themselves in the role of referee, mm, which right. is not what the clients need and is not going to help and in fact ends up hurting the marriage versus as, as one of an educator. Let me explain to you how, how this works, what this means, and what you guys could try differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and that tends to give them the tools to fix it on their own. So I think when couples tend to referee, they actually, and do it in that face-to-face approach, can undo what might otherwise be a pretty good marriage. Amazing. I, I, I can say from experience that I've gone to two therapists in my, in my lifetime. One because we were trying to save the marriage and the other one because the court ordered it. And in, in both cases, uh, well, well, both did admit that I was a jerk. They each were trying to tell me unequivocally that I was wrong. And, and, uh, yeah. and, and I, I can tell you that the macho in me just kept saying, you know, it, it was like the divorce lawyers. There was her side and my side. But somewhere in between there was the real story and we never got mm-hmm. to that. The, the therapist refused to, it, it refused to even acknowledge that I had any, any, you know, value of, of validity whatsoever. And, and I think, obviously, in the first ten minutes of our conversation here, you, uh, you know, acknowledge that, you know, men aren't necessarily evil. 
we're just jerks. No. <laughs> not necessarily, huh? <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> well, that's no, important. I mean, most of, many of our listeners are, um, and, and I, probably a few that are planning on their wife's demise. And, you know, b- before they get to that point, something like this where they can listen to it without being blamed is, is something that's important. I don't mind listening to something. I just don't like somebody pointing a finger at me telling me I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, because I get my right. righteous indignation up. Right. Well, one of the things I talk about, again, in, in, uh, in one of the videos in the course is that, interestingly enough, everybody is right, meaning each person's perspective is valid because it's their perspective. There isn't a wrong or a right. There isn't a reality. Everybody's got their own separate reality based on where they come from and where they've been. And that each, each couple needs to acknowledge that and, and frankly, uh, be respectful of that for, to get anywhere. So to even try and determine who's right and who's wrong is, is a useless exercise. And I call it the, the ping pong match of fighting, this back and forth of you do this and you do this. I mean, it's a waste of time. And it's never resulted in a marriage going, or anybody in the marriage going, oh, I see your point. You're completely right. It doesn't work. It right. just wastes time. And, uh, and so you, both parties have to get used to acknowledging that the other person's perspective is right because it's their own and it has value and it needs to be, it needs to be heard. So no, it doesn't work to just blame one party. Yeah, no, that's great information. Uh, you know, it's because we all feel we're either totally to blame or the other person's totally to blame, and it really, <laughs> I, right. I mean, it, it's nice to have somebody like yourself who can lay it out on the table and say, okay, let's just back up and let's reapproach. Um, right. Well, even but, when you talked earlier, you asked about the affair question. Um, right. One of the hardest parts and pieces of that when, when doing therapy with, with couples who have uh, had some from an affair is, is getting both parties to acknowledge that they had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a difficult concept. But once they accept that and realize that they, uh, that they got, both of them got the relationship to a place where it was vulnerable, then they're, you're empowering them to get the relationship into a different place, to back up and go to a better space. And they both have the power to do that. Let, let me ask you, uh, Dr. Fillmore, um, say uh, I'm in trouble in my marriage. And I'm guessing this would even help the relationship pre-marriage. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't see why not. But um, I'm in a I'm in a bad spot, and my spouse does not want to get into counseling. Does not want to take a course. Could this help me take if I took this course as a single, get me to a better Absolutely. place? Absolutely, it absolutely makes a huge difference. Um, and and um, uh, just to back up, uh, we also have to say too that in general, couples with uh, one party of the um, excuse me, one member of the couple refuses to go to therapy. Uh, we have found that they're certainly not all of them, but they are far more receptive to uh, watching and listening to this course because it's private. It's done in the privacy of your own home, on your computer, on your own time. You're not talking to a stranger. In part, that's what the course was designed for, um, where some parties were reluctant to go to counseling. So I must say that uh, already if they're reluctant to go to counseling, they're far more likely to watch these videos. That being said, even if they're unwilling to do that and you're doing this course alone, it, it still makes a dramatic difference. Um, because you can still learn a lot about what your part of it is and, and how you can help the relationship. And i got to say, it tends to, you know, when you take the higher road, your partner tends to come with you. When you make the right decision, when you, when you speak uh, in a way that can be heard, when you listen, um, those skills are learned even as they're being observed. So it changes the relationship if just one party uh, works on it dramatically. So you know? leading by example can work. Absolutely. 
it makes a huge difference because again somebody's got to be the bigger person right at some point someone has to put down the the bat and has to actually start to have a conversation and and it, by doing that it just allows the other person that safety to try and do the same thing hmm. well i have a question Very good. but one of the best yes. one of the best teachers uh, is learning by mistakes um, so the 25% that you're not able to reach and recapture who are they? What are those people all about? I mean, what, what mistakes do they make that absolutely are unrecoverable? Well, there's a long list, Bob, i got to say. Um, I would argue that, um, I, I, I touched on it briefly, I would, I would say that one of the primary risks that they, or excuse me, mistakes that they make is that they um, are seeing the relationship solely through their own eyes. And you know, through their own needs, through their own, they're 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 failing to recognize that they're that they married a, a, a separate person, um, and they're unwilling to bend. They're unwilling to compromise. They're unwilling to learn. They're just they're very stuck in again, you know, kind of what you said. This is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. Either uh, deal with it or go away. Those those people have a hard time staying married. Staying married because you know, marriage is somewhat about compromise, about meeting in the middle, about getting everybody's needs met. Um, and so, you know, i got to say kind of more selfish, self-involved, self-focused people have a hard time being in any relationships, friendships, right. you know, parent-child relationships and marriages. I tend to find that those people uh, really have a hard time learning because it takes, it, it takes taking the camera off yourself and putting it on your partner to really get this to work. And um, um, you um, have, to, uh, be able, you have to be willing to do that or, frankly, even have the ability to do that. Some people can't take the camera off themselves. They have a hard time staying married. Right. Uh, Dr. Fillmore, is any of this uh, faith-based or anything like that, or is this all faith, or how does that come into play? Faith-based? Is that what you asked? Yeah. Is this... Uh, oh, uh, uh, no. Uh, well, we argue that it's faith-compatible. It's compatible with all faiths, but it's not based on any particular one faith. Um, oh. There's nothing in it that would that would you know, disagree with any, um, but it's it is uh, it's not comes it does not come from a, a faith perspective. Well, thank you. Um, again, I want to make sure that everybody knows how to get a hold of uh, Dr. Fillmore. And uh, I believe that's strongmarriagenow.com. Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. And do you give out your phone number? Uh, the phone number is on the website, definitely, because okay. uh, there's different phone numbers. You know, there's a phone number of, of strongmarriagenow.com, and that's how you get through me through that product. And, you know, there's also my, my regular phone number. But really the best way to get a hold of me for this would be through that website. Very good. It, Dr. Fillmore, is, for the people listening um, that have been hearing everything you've had to say, is there one final message you'd really like to put out and, and to um, comfort people who are going through issues or let people know that there's a place to go or to reassure them that uh, um, online is not going to be a mistake? Um, sure. I think, um, you know, again, I, I think what a lot of people are looking for is kind of hope and a belief that their that their marriage uh, can be uh, saved, or even if even if they're not on the brink of divorce, just that they want to have something that's more fulfilling and kind of the marriage of their dreams. And uh, again, uh, going back to what I said earlier, that that's um, absolutely doable. It's uh, it's it's possible. It's it it's frankly not that difficult. <laughs> um, it just takes you know again some some fine tuning and some tools and some skills and a little bit of time. Um, so what I would want to offer them is, is to, you know, don't give up on that. Don't, don't, don't believe or buy into this premise that it's too late or we can't fix it or you're stuck or any of those things because it can absolutely get better. And, I, you know, I like to think that Strong Marriage Now 
offers that uh, and that ability to to a large number of people, and and I hope that they check that out. But even if they don't, to, to find it some way somehow, um, and to don't just wait for it to get better, don't just hope that it someday might. Actually, take the steps and get something done to improve it, and they'll see a huge difference. Well, we want to thank you um, for your time. I know your time is really. Um busy and uh, it was very nice of you and Amy to come on today and, and try to help out couples and uh, to offer you know your services up and uh, give us some great golden nuggets of wonderful uh, things we can take into our lives and, and possibly help bad situations. So again, thank you so much for coming online with us today. Um, and thank you guys. Very fun. You ask very good questions, both well, of you. I, I so, want to add, I wanna add something. Before, before we oh, end, ahead, I, I do want to add one thing. Um, there are always going to be people that will, will listen, not sure if it's for them, uh, if they qualify, or if you know, they're not wrong. There's all the excuses in the world. Um, right. and, and I really would recommend also that you guys have a blog on your site, um, and you both do it. You both have very, very good writing skills. Um, and, and the blogs are little teasers to let people know that there, there are things they can do. Uh, and and I, I think people should, if you're not sure and, and this is, you're not sure if this is for you or you fall into these categories, it's a great blog. I, I think they should absolutely go, because I'm reading them as, we're, as we've been going through it for the last couple of days waiting for this uh, interview. I've been reading them. Um, and I'm fascinated with everything that you and Amy have had to say on it. So I would love to just, you know, be able to post something on our site letting people know that they can go to strongmarriagenow.com and, and just grab your blog, if nothing else. And if you don't mind, I'm going to grab one or two of them and, and use them as part of our posting, pointing right back at your site, because some of them are really that Absolutely. fascinating. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. And one more thing. You know, Bob, it's funny you said, you know, yeah. for people who are not sure... But it's kind of a no-brainer. And if you're having issues in your relationship and Dr. Fillmore says, check out the course. There's 16 uh, you know, pieces of the course here uh, you know, that will really help you out in life or your, you know, your marriage or your, you know, whatever relationship you have. And if it, if it doesn't work for you, you, know, you have a money-back plus guarantee. Yeah, it's pretty much, like I said, no-brainer. Uh, get out there and check out, definitely check out Dr. Fillmore. And... Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put a nice page up for you. Uh, so come to networkingfool.com. That's www.networkingfool.com. You'll be able to see the um, or listen to the full interview of Dr. Dana Fillmore there, and uh, you'll also get uh, all the links to all the sites and everything we've talked about will be there on on the page. And of course, we have other great uh, other great interviews there of other people with valuable things to say and. Uh, are we ready? Are we ready? Are you good, Bob? I'm always good. Uh, what I always like to do when I have a, an interview where I enjoy myself, um, and, I, and we have people on that I really think bring a lot to the public. We, we always try and find these nuggets. In other words, it's it's more than just what they can capture just by looking at your website. Um, they get a, a real feel for what you're all about, and I'd love to be able to say that in several months from now, when 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 we can go back and review what we talked about, maybe we can get you back on for another one. 
That would be great. We would love to come. Yes, absolutely. And have you guys checked out the product itself? We, we haven't yet. We, I've been I've been so busy reading through your website, I haven't checked it out, but I'm going to start well, putting my what, name in. Watch the videos, and then we can come back and I'll talk to you about them. Okay. I definitely will. That, that's, a, that's a deal. I always put my, my guests on the spot by doing that, but I really appreciate it. It was really terrific. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Yeah, thanks you. so much. Thank you for listening to the Networking Fools Show, featured on Blog Talk Radio and on the Networking Fools website at www.networkingfools.com. Networking Fools is the property of Network Alchemists. Networking Fools, Network Alchemists, Alchemists, and Alchemy are trademarks of the Network Alchemists, LLC, and this podcast is copyright 2010 and all rights are reserved.